right. Are you glad to be in church today? Amen. Hey, we're really excited that you are here today, but let's start with a word of prayer and then we will jump into the book of Colossians. Pray with me. God, thanks for the opportunity to be in your house, which is not a building, it's not equipment, it is your people who you have called by your name. Your word says that your sheep hear your voice and we know you. So Holy Spirit, as we open your word and you speak through it, would you help us to hear your voice? Not mine, but yours. Would you speak loudly to our hearts? Jesus, we make much of you this morning. And we pray all these things. And all God's people said, amen. If you're online, thanks for being here today. If you're in the room, we're excited to be the church today. And if you are here in the early service, uh, thank you, first of all, for helping to make space in that second one. That's really important in this moment in time. But also, you're more spiritual if you get up earlier. And you show up early, crowns in heaven. Somebody's really feeling that. She's like, yes, I am. Yes, I am. No, but I'm really glad you're here. If you're a guest of ours, let me say a special welcome to you. My name is Mitch. I have the joy of being one of the pastors here at Redeemer City Church. You got to meet Kevin, who was leading worship, and Jerome, who read some scripture. And uh, we'd love to connect with you afterwards. If you're here in the room, if you're online, just go to RedeemerTampa.com slash connect card. And let us know that you are joining us. My friend Matt is also our online host today. So if you have any questions or if we can get you any information, feel free uh, to do that. We would love to chat with you and pray with you and uh, serve you in any way that we are able. If you're in the room, come see us at Info Central after the service and we would love to do that. It's also a bit of a sad day today. Because uh, our friends Brittany and Josh, Brittany's the one who was singing right here, uh, and her husband is running the sound, uh, they are leaving us. Can you believe they would do that to us? They are taking off and uh, headed for new adventures in Tennessee, right? All right, so we're praying for them and excited for what God has for them. Super talented. We love you. And uh, we're going to miss you deeply, but we are excited for what God is doing in their life. He's got big plans for them, and uh, so so encouraged by that. It's always encouraging to watch God move and to see his hand at work, but what's difficult is when that means people have to leave you. And uh, But we know that God is working things together for good, so pray for them as they travel and uh, start off afresh in Tennessee. If you have a Bible, go to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be back in Colossians chapter 2. And last week we talked about one of our first friends, legalistic Larry. And uh, the, the, you can go catch that if you want online. I won't recap all of it. But the bottom line is this, that for those of you who are new to Christianity or new to the faith, there's this tendency that we have when we follow Jesus and then we start to encounter the first difficulties of being Uh, a follower of Jesus, is that we tend to take what God's rules are and God's laws are, and we start to add our own to it. And if you've been a Christian for any length of time, it's, it's very, very easy 
to slide into that mode. And yet, when we come to Colossians chapter 2, Paul, writing to this church that you heard about in the video before this, uh, who was wrestling with a lot of the things that we do. They were living in a time where, where things were on the rise, where new things were coming. They had been a really important city, and then another city became more important. And so they were trying to figure out who they were and what that meant and what it looked like to be the body of Christ in their cultural moment, and they were wrestling with that. And so Paul would say things like he does in verse 16, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or regard to a festival of new moon or a Sabbath. And then he says this, these are a shadow of things to come. All these things that that you had were just a shadow of what was to come. And then he says, but the substance, all of those things from religion past We're just pointing to this greater reality that one would come and make all things new. The problem was our version of make all things new is not always the same as what God's version of make all things new is it. See, because when Jesus came riding in on that donkey and the people were praising him and he makes that famous line, if these people didn't shout, the rocks would. Right, and so they're they're envisioning kingdom come from the perspective that you and I would envision kingdom come. And yet here was Jesus riding on a donkey of all things, a baby donkey of all things, to come and make all things new. But what we wrestle with even today is the renovation of our heart comes before the renovation of our world. And yet, we see the goodness of God all around us in bringing his kingdom on earth, just as it is in heaven. And so we've been harping on this idea that in this cultural moment, the one we find ourselves in, that there's never been a better time in our lifetime to look around and say the answers are not found out there, but they are found in here. And as we know from Jesus' prayer, those of us who call ourselves Christians, who are followers of Jesus, we play a very important role in people coming to Christ. And it is the way that we love one another that they will see and know the Father. That's what Jesus prayed for. Of all the things he could have prayed for, he said, Father, would your church, would my people be one? And we're not great at that, are we? Oh, you can talk louder than that. We're not great at that, are we? You feel guilty if I stepping on your toes already? Listen, I had to study this all week. I feel just as bad or worse. So legalistic Larry tends to look at the things we eat, the things we drink, the things we celebrate, right? It's, it's very easy for us to get hung up on what we said last week, the diets and days that we have and again been there so go listen to that but i want to i want to give you two more today and then kind of wrap it up with this idea that paul has at the end of chapter two but look at verse 18 and 19 with me and we'll dive into the next one here verse 18 says let no one disqualify you 
So we're not, we're not to allow people to pass judgment on us because of what we eat, drink, or celebrate. So if you do Halloween, do you. If you uh, eat meat, do you. If you're a vegan, we'll pray for you. And, you know, wherever you are on those things, Paul says, don't let anybody judge you for that because you're going to stand before God one day, right? So let's not spend our time judging people for the decisions they make on matters of opinion. But then he comes to this next one and he says, also don't let anyone disqualify you. That's a key phrase there because it goes on and he says, uh, don't let anyone disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. And here it is, not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows catch this grows with a growth that is from god there's there's a goal as we are the church and as we follow jesus and as we get to know him through his word and in prayer and with each other that there there's a goal that we would grow right do you remember in the book of john jesus said that his vision for your life is that you would bear much fruit, not a little bit of fruit, but much fruit. And so what Paul's saying here is there is a type of growth that only comes from God. And one of the things that happens again to those of us who are Christians, and if you're new to Christianity, you can just be watching for this. There's those of us that make more rules on top of the rules that we already have, call that religion. But then there's another group of us who are who so desperately, and, and this person we're going to call Sarah Spiritual, all right? Just to help you, we're not going to call it your name because it might be you. But Sarah Spiritual, unlike Larry, is swinging on the opposite side of the spectrum saying, okay, I'm not going to make a bunch of rules, but, but I am going to seek a greater spiritual experience than what I'm finding in God's Word and in prayer, and in community. Sarah's spiritual starts out well because Sarah wants to know God. Is that good or bad? That's good. We want to know God, right? Sarah wants to be close to God, and this is good, but quickly something happens in many of us where once you're doing Christianity for a long time, we start to think, is, is this all that there is? Is this all that there is? Do, do I need something more than what God has laid out in his word? Because listen to this, it says, let no one disqualify you. What, what's happening there? There would be some Christians who love Jesus and want to know God and would seek a greater experience than they think God is giving them. And the problem is, is that when you go down that route and you begin to feel as though you are having experiences that others are not having, you begin to look at those who aren't having them and saying, there must be something wrong with your faith or you must not have the Holy Spirit because you're not experiencing what I'm experiencing. And Paul's saying, don't let anyone disqualify your Christianity. 
because you're not having the experiences, the asceticism or bodily harm or worshiping angels or having these other factors to your faith that you, you are not experiencing or not speaking in tongues or not seeing visions or having dreams or all these different things. And I mean, even Paul himself would say in Corinthians, man, even though I can speak in tongues, I would rather speak a thousand words that you can understand that wouldn't distract you than I would to speak them in tongues. And so all of these things are going on. Visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. There, there is actually an ivory tower that some of us can sit in and, and accumulate knowledge and accumulate knowledge and accumulate knowledge and know so much and so much of the background in the Bible and all the things. And know, is that good or bad? It's good. Unless it moves to where I begin to disqualify people for their lack of knowledge, right? Because what Paul's saying is don't let anyone disqualify you. Why can he say that? Because there's one goal there, right? And it says it in verse 19, that we would hold fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together, would grow with a growth that is from God. And so there, there are a lot of things. And, and, and listen, it, it comes in a ton of forms. Some of it is the things I just mentioned, but some of it are, are things that are out in our world that, that sound spiritual, that sound good. There are spiritual thinkers out there, and you know their names. Oprah would fall into this category, says a lot of good things, but that doesn't necessarily mean they lead to Jesus. Deepak Chopra says some interesting things, but not all of them lead to Jesus, right? Jordan Peterson, massive following, says a lot of good things. Not all of them lead to Jesus because all of those things may be fine in this moment, but what Paul says, if you're not holding fast to the head, to Christ, you're not getting to Jesus. You might be able to read the shack, but you may not end up with Jesus. Are you tracking with me? Hold fast to the head. The Republican or Democratic Party may do things that you feel are good. Come on, am I preaching to anybody now? <laughs> Stepping on your toes again, right? They may do things that you agree with, but they are not going to get you to Jesus. Moving on. I'm going to skip this next section. <laughs> feeling the Holy Spirit in this moment. Let me just put it this way. Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, Jesus is speaking, and, and here's what he says. He says, For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So you can actually be in Jesus. You can be adopted into his family and still miss Jesus. That's wild. So as my pastor growing up would say, stick by the stuff. Well, what's the stuff? The one thing we have from God that never changes. It's been true for thousands of years and it will be true for thousands more. 
right? That in a culture that is shifting, right? It's like the shifting sands that we're building our houses on. Many of us are guilty of that, aren't we? Because we're seeking some thing that we want to experience. And it's dangerous. It's self-serving. And it doesn't lead to Jesus. Listen, can I, just, can I just cut straight to the heart of it? That if you feel like you need more than prayer, your Bible, and God's people, what you're seeking probably isn't leading to Jesus. Because found in the word is all the things that you need for life and godliness. And in that word, we're told about the God who we worship the God who made us, the God who made everything. And he says that we are to love one another. By this, you will know that you are my disciples, by your love for one another. Stick by the stuff. This won't be on the screen, but I want to just flip to Second John and read, read something to you. So I love this because... It's, again, one of those things where we have a lot of preconceived notions about what God was after, and we've determined all the ins and outs of what we read in the Bible, and we, we create our categories, and we create our systems. And then you read a book like Second John, a letter, and Paul says this. We're going to read the whole book of the Bible. You're going to, you can check this off your Bible reading plan. You're going to read a whole book of the Bible today. All right. Of course, it's only 13 verses, but... It's going to help you on your road to reading your Bible this year. But here, here, here's just think about all the things in that culture that would have been not okay with what Paul is saying. And if you grew up in more, a more conservative, traditional background of church, this book you're going to struggle with a little bit, and you'll see why in a second, because here's what Paul or John writes. He says, the elder to the elect lady and her children. Whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also who know the truth, because the truth that abides in us will be with us forever. Who is the truth that abides within you? Holy Spirit. It says, grace and mercy and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. Those coexist in the kingdom of God. Truth and love. That's not popular in our own culture, nor was it in the elect ladies' culture. That you could know the truth, and the truth would set you free, and yet simultaneously not cast out people that were made in the image of God and that Jesus loves and gave his life for. That you in the kingdom of God can actually have your cake and eat it too. That there can be an absolute truth that came from God, and we can love people inside and outside the church and see them the way that Jesus sees them. And so here we go. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dearly, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment. Just as you have heard from the beginning, so you should walk in it. For many deceivers, here we are again, many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh. Such a one is a deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but win a full reward. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. 
There is a truth. And if you don't have it, you don't have God. You can have good things, but if it doesn't lead to Jesus, you don't have God. You don't have the thing. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. So now we're, now we're leveling up that if I'm, if I'm participating in those things and bringing other people into those things, that I actually may be distracting people from the truth that is found in Christ. This is especially important in our social media moment, isn't it? That the things we like, the things we share, if we don't think them through and hold them against the truth of the word of God, can actually be a stumbling block to people coming to Jesus. Super important. And I'm preaching at myself because it's easy to just think something's funny or think something was uh, quick-witted and just be like, oh, people, people need to laugh at that. And maybe we do. But if we participate in this and greet that one and participate in their wicked works, we have to pay attention. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. I love that, right? The physical gathering matters. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. That was their technology of the day. Instead, I hope to come to you face to face. Why? Because in face-to-face, what's it say? That our joy can be complete. I love that. The children of your elect sister greet you. And so, so many things happening there. By the end of the day, there are false Christs. There are deceitful people. There are spiritual people. That they channel their energy and it sounds good but doesn't lead to Jesus. It's happening in the church too. We have... People that you should know about, like Kenneth Copeland, who at the beginning of the pandemic was going to blow the virus away, like literally, like with his mouth, like it's super weird, and it it's not true. But yet, thousands and thousands and thousands of people are following and giving, and it's it's not the teaching of Jesus. And so we have to pay attention to that. Even, even, even people that we have benefited from and benefited from singing their songs. I was on YouTube the other day and saw, and I'm not going to name it because it's not important, but you could probably find it on YouTube if you were savvy enough. But th- this group brought out a wizard stick, like Gandalf stick. And we're going to cure racism by stomping this stick on the ground as they declared racism over. And you're thinking to yourself, what? Gandalf's stick is not going to solve this age-old problem. It's the body of Christ that can solve this problem. It's loving one another that will solve this problem. It's seeing people the way Jesus sees them that will solve this problem. It's what Paul laid out for his friends in Ephesus, that the dividing wall of hostility has come down. And in Christ, we are one beautiful multi-ethnic people singing to the praise and glory of God. It's the vision that God has for heaven in Revelation that says every tribe, every tongue, every person that represents all of God's creative handiwork will be present worshiping. At the feet of Jesus. That is what 
works. You blow the coronavirus away. Come on. Let me say it this way. Not everything spiritual leads to Jesus. Okay? Not everything spiritual. We, we, we need discernment. Right? Number three, cultural Chris. If your name's Chris, I'm sorry. I'm picking on you today. We won't stay here long because I've been talking about it for weeks. But look at verse 20, 21, and 22 of Colossians chapter 2. It says this, If with Christ you died, are you aware that to be reborn in Christ, the old you has to die? If you have died with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world. All right, stay with me. Why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to its regulations? Do not taste, do not handle, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and human teaching. All right? What, what's going on there? Are you aware that the culture you live in has its own set of rules for you? So often we're not attuned to the fact that, that the world itself, Satan and his systems and powers that be, that James tells us about, that Paul tells us about, that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this world, that there is actually a set of rules for you that when you walk out here, you know, we talk about things like cancel culture or tolerance. Like these are, these are what the world would have you think you need to do to fit in. And what Jesus would say is you don't fit in. Okay? You don't fit in. In fact, that's what James 4, 1 through 12 is all about. Jesus, through his older brother, would say these words that... It is, if you want to be a friend of the world, you will find yourself as an enemy of God. Not a place you want to be. Not a place you want to be. But listen, it's also true, and hear me on this, because one of the things that happens is you and I will start to think about a certain group of people that are the problem. And I want you to know that people are not the problem. It's the devil behind the system that is the problem. It's not the people. Those are people made in the image of God that love, that need love, that need Jesus. And he can fix whatever their problems are. We don't have to fix people. We need to share good news with people. Because when we fall in love with God and we begin to share good news and he begins to move in, and rearrange the things of our heart, then we can look at our city and see, him, see them the way that Jesus sees them. Because it was Jesus who came up to the edge of the city of Jerusalem, and the Bible says he was moved with compassion, that he wept over that city. Right? Scripture says that when Jesus saw people, he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. These are the people that were going to turn around and kill him. So we're getting a perspective on the way that Jesus sees people. And so cultural Chris needs to know that the church, religion, those things aren't the only set of rules that people have for you. That just like we reject religion and legalism, we have to reject the world and its systems. You will find yourself as 
the Bible says, as an alien in this culture. And you need to be okay with that. You need to be okay with that. That you, that you won't be able to check all the boxes that the world wants you to check. But you can love people. You can love people. People in the world are not our enemies. Satan is the enemy. And then I want to come, right before we take communion together, I want to come to that last verse in verse 23 and just point out one more thing about the ways of Jesus and the ways of the world. Look at verse 23. Very important for us to know this. Verse 23 says, These have indeed an appearance of wisdom. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are, listen to this, they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. There's no, there, some of the things that you're going to hear, they're going to sound like wisdom. By the end of the day, when they don't lead to Jesus, if they're not helping you hold fast to the head, which is Jesus, they're not going to lead you where you need to go. Because you are not going to fit in and check all the boxes though they appear to have some wisdom. Listen, spirituality is speculation about God. It's wanting to know God, but speculating about God. Man-made, mystical things. But true Christianity, listen listen to the difference. True Christianity is a revelation from God. And there is a book And everything you need to know is in the book. And so we stick by the stuff because it's the one thing that won't shift on you. And if you want to know if God is speaking to you, hold it up against what he has said and recorded for us. I'm not saying that God won't speak to you in that still small voice. That he's not active in talking to his kids. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. You should be listening for God in your life. But just know that he'll never say anything that is in contradiction to what he's written down for us. So whether it's religion or spirituality or wanting to be friends with the world and its values, they're going to have an appearance of wisdom. They're going to appease a certain group of people. But the Bible says they don't work. They have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh, which means that this is not God's way. So what is God's way? That's what next week's going to be about. Let me just read a couple verses of chapter 3. Not going to be on the screen, but just to kind of leave it with you, because we're saying all the things that we shouldn't be about. I want to leave you with the thing you should be about, and then we'll take communion together. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised, implies that you were dead, right? If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, right? Hold fast. Seek the things that are above where Christ is. Put your effort into the things where Christ is. Put, take your intellectual time and read about Jesus. You tracking with me? We spend a lot of time reading everything else under the sun. If we don't have time for the 
thing that is of substance, we're not going to get where we need to be. Set your minds on things that are above, verse 2, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died. That might be the word that God brought you here for today. That you've been living your life hoping that God would get on board and bless, bless it a little bit and, and push it forward. But it's your kingdom and your will and your ways. The Bible says, for you have died. Maybe today you just need to, as we gather around the Lord's body and blood, which 1 Corinthians 10 tells us is the way that we participate with God. Is not this the body and blood of Christ that we participate in? For you have died. But there's good news on the back end of that. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5, therefore put to death what is earthly in you. And he'll go on and we'll talk about that next week. But listen to me. You're not going to experience all that God has for you until you die and Christ is raised in you. So whether you're sitting here today or you're watching online, just know that it is the death of you and the birth of Christ in you that will lead you to that abundant life that Jesus promised. That one, that life where you produce much fruit. Amen.